Welcome back to our study of Proverbs. And again, we are in chapter six. And um, let's read verse 12 on down to verse 19. A worthless person, a wicked man, is the one who walks with a perverse mouth, who winks with his eyes, who signals with his feet, who points with his fingers, who with perversity in his heart continually devises evil, who spreads strife. Therefore, his calamity will come suddenly. Instantly, he will be broken and there will be no healing. There are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven which are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, dear God, I pray, I pray, Lord, that you would help every person who is listening to this video, that you would strengthen them with grace. I pray for children that they would come to know you and, oh God, that they would study your word and that their generation would far surpass my own in grace and obedience. Oh, dear God, the world is so closed in darkness. Please raise up an army of people who love you, who love you, Lord, and love your son. Let these children, Lord, be known in the gates of the city as those who have a devoted, devoted, unusually devoted heart to your son. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been studying wickedness and the wicked man. And as we've read through this um, just now, it, it came to my mind again about how wickedness not only is against God, which is the sin of sins, but how much wickedness hurts other people. You know, if we just looked in our own families, I'm sure many of you are in our wonderful families, but if we look that even in our families that, that are Christian and we try to order them according to the word of God, we can still see the taint of sin. We can still see how our families, our marriages, everything would just be so much better if we didn't sin. And so one of the reasons why we want to be righteous is of course, first of all, righteous unto God because he's deserving. But if we love, if we love our families, then we will seek to walk as righteously as possible according to the commands of God. Because in this way, we show love by obeying his commands and we want to avoid this that we read about at all costs. Just you, you look at this verses 12 through 19 and you just see the destruction that is in the path of this wicked person. Now we're going to go to verse 14 and it says, who with perversity in his heart continually devises evil, who spreads strife or literally he sends out strife. Now, I want you to look again. I know we've talked about this so much, but I'm going to keep talking about it because 
My, my purpose here is not to get a good grade in preaching. I am willing to be redundant. Why? Because the Bible is at times. When it talks about something that is extremely important, it says it over and over and over again. And here we can see in verse 14, who with perversity in his heart continually devises evil. From where does the evil come? I mean, what is causing him to be evil? Notice that the devil isn't mentioned. Notice that the world isn't mentioned. He can't, you know, blame someone else. It comes from his innermost being. It comes from his heart. He does wicked things because he has a wicked heart. And the only way around this for us is first of all, to know Christ. Because Christ is the only one through the preaching of the gospel and the, and the work of the Holy Spirit, he's the only one who can take out our heart of stone our heart that is set against God and replace it with a heart of flesh. And that is a heart that responds to God and God's commands. And so I want you to see, listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 7, 17 and 18. He says, so every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. What is he saying? That... Um, how many of you know uh, what the bark of an apple tree looks like? How many of you know what the leaves of an apple tree looks like? Could you identify an apple tree just by looking at its bark? You probably couldn't. Could you look at an apple tree or could you determine that something was an apple tree just by maybe cutting it open and looking at the wood inside? Probably not. But if you come across a tree and there's apples hanging in it, you know it's an apple tree. And what he's trying to say is this, you see, an, you see apples hanging from a limb, you know that by nature, that's an apple tree. In the same way, what he's saying is, if you see bad fruit, evil deeds, a sinful lifestyle, then you know the nature or the heart of that person is wicked. You see someone who's bearing good fruit. He's, he's loving God. He's loving others. He uh, has a character of Christ. When you see that, you know that his nature has been changed by the power of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit. There is a direct relationship. And so when we're teaching the book of Proverbs, if you've noticed, I'm always telling you, even though we're studying the book of Proverbs, I'm always telling you about the gospel. Why? You can discipline yourself to do a lot that's in the book of Proverbs, but that doesn't make you a Christian. It doesn't make you holy. It doesn't make you righteous. And sooner or later, it's all gonna blow up in your face. The first thing you need is Christ. You need to recognize that in your heart of hearts, you're a sinner, a fallen person in Adam, a person who needs to be saved. And it's when you trust in Christ that he changes your heart. And then you can begin to bear good fruit. And so in, in Matthew 7, 17 through 18, this is what Jesus is getting at. You know, um, you can put paint on an old barn and it may look new, but when you go inside it, you'll see the rot on the walls. It's the same way. You can pretend to be righteous, but unless God has done a work in your heart through the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's all a facade. It's all fake. Please understand that. 
that I'm teaching you the book of Proverbs, but I want you to realize that it's a heart issue. And even after you become a Christian, even if you've trusted in Christ, you must guard your heart, especially nowadays with the, the, the internet and the media and the television and everything. <laughs> I was growing up, uh, a little boy, I remember, I think we had one or two channels and they were in a black and white television set and it was, uh, it was terrible to try to even understand what was going on. I sometimes wish that we were back to those days because there's so much media, there's so much out there that can corrupt your heart. You know, when I was working in the jungles of Peru and in some of the mountain areas, uh, there was no internet. Uh, there were no cell phones. Um, there was nothing. Now you go there and you see that even in the jungle, there are cell phones and internet. And can you imagine what happened when all the corruption, especially from the United States, from Hollywood, all the corruption of the internet entered into those places that had never seen anything like that before? Oh, listen to me, guard your heart. You know, we talked about it, I think, uh, two lessons ago, Proverbs 4.23, watch over your heart with all diligence. <clears throat> Look at that. Watch over your heart. Not just kind of, and not just with diligence, but with all diligence. Take every precaution, okay? Um, <clears throat> when I was younger, I used to scuba dive, so I had my basic and also my open water scuba diving, and, and we would scuba dive at night and different things in the ocean. And uh, there's something about scuba diving that you need to understand. And it's the same way I've, with rock climbing and, and other things like that. Scuba diving is extremely safe if you keep all the rules. You break one rule and it's no longer safe. Kind of the way it is with, with sin. You need to do due diligence. It only takes one getting in, just one, and that's all, and everything else goes bad. And so it says, watch over your heart, watch over your heart, especially young person in this age of the internet, please, I'm begging you, I'm old, I know what I'm talking about. Watch over your heart, please. Now, it says in verse 14, who with perversity in his heart continually devises evil. You know what that literally in the Hebrew, it's he continually plows evil. You know what plowing is. I used to have to do it as a boy. You've got all this, before you can sow seed, especially after a long winter, a hard winter and the ground's hard, or if you've had cattle on that land for several years and now you're gonna plant something on it, Man, you've got to plow that up, sometimes with a chisel plow, a disc plow, and, and you've got to go through there and you've got to dig it up. But why do you dig it up? You dig it up in order to sow something so that what you sow will come forth, okay, and bear fruit. Well, this evil person, he's constantly plowing, constantly sowing evil in hopes that it'll produce evil fruit. Now, um, this is something, isn't it? That there would be people who just kind of sit around all day and at night they lay awake 
and they're trying to figure out how to deceive somebody, how to hurt somebody, how to take advantage of somebody, how to use somebody. I want us to go for a moment, hold your place, and I want us to go to Psalms uh, 36. Psalms 36. Look at verse 1. This, this is just an amazing passage. Transgression speaks to the ungodly within his heart. Isn't that amazing? So he's being taught by his heart. He has a wicked heart teaching him wicked things. And it says, there is no fear of God before his eyes. Sometimes when your heart talks to you, tempts you to do something, it is the fear of God that is the greatest help to you at this moment. You've got to decide who are you going to believe? Who are you going to obey? Who are you going to follow? Don't fear your heart. Fear God. It says, for it flatters him in his own eyes concerning the discovery of his iniquity and the hatred of it. The words of his mouth are wickedness and deceit. He has ceased to be wise and do good. He plans wickedness upon his bed. He sets himself on a path that is not good. He does not despise evil. Now let's go through there. The transgression speaks to the ungodly within his heart, so the heart is teaching him. Don't let the heart teach you. You need to teach the word of God to your heart. There is no fear of God before his eyes, so when he, he gets a thought that's wicked, a plan that's wicked, he doesn't reject it. He's not afraid of God. Now, here's something that's, that's really amazing. The transgression flatters him in his own eyes concerning the discovery of his iniquity and the hatred of it. Men take evil schemes to themselves and they ponder evil things because of their pride, because of their pride, because they think themselves above everyone else and therefore they can do whatever they want with others. And that's a terrible position to be in because Jesus said we're to be just the opposite. We're not to set ourselves above others and use them. We're not to think too highly of ourselves, but we're to become servants. This person only thinks about himself, and when he gets some idea about how he can use people, he loves it. When we get ideas like that, we need to reject it because it is contrary to the will of Christ. The words of his mouth are wickedness and deceit. Why? Because his wicked heart has taught him, taught him how to speak. He has ceased to be wise and to do good. Just think about this language for a moment. All wisdom, because he's listened to his heart and he hasn't listened to God, all his wisdom is gone. Is gone. I've seen people like that today. Every decision practically of their life. I see politicians who do this, public figures. Every decision is just wrong because they listen to their heart. They listen to um, a corrupt people. They want everyone to love them. They're just going to do whatever they think will get them as much love as possible. And they reject the commandments of God and they cease to do wise. They can't do anything good. 
You see, God's commandments are good. God's wisdom is good. When we reject God's commandments, when we reject his wisdom, there's no good. There's nothing left. Verse four, he plans wickedness upon his bed. He can't even go to bed at night. He's just sitting there thinking wicked thoughts. And usually it has to do with how will he get something for himself? How can he use other people or hurt other people in revenge? He's constantly thinking and he sets himself on a path that is not good. He may think it's good. It may be right in his own eyes. There is a way that appears right to a man, but in the end, it's death. And this guy who's doing nothing but living for his own, his own greed, his own lust, using people for his own greed, his own lust, he thinks he's on a right path. There was an old preacher one time who had a very famous sermon. There's a payday someday. And it's true. You may look at the wicked, as in Psalms um, 37, you may look at the wicked and, and just almost be envious of them because they seem to prosper, but they're on a path that's not good. And that path is going to come to an end at the judgment throne of Christ. Now look what it says. He sets himself on a path that is not good, and this is the key right here. He does not despise evil. He loves it. Let me teach you something, young person, and if you can understand this, if you can grasp this, it'll help you. There are things that you should love. And guess what? There are things that you should hate. There are some things that you should love with such a passion, and there's some things that you should hate with an equal passion. You should despise them. Now, I didn't say hate people, and I didn't say despise people. That's not what I said. But hate and despise evil. Anything that is contrary to the will of God and the nature of God. We look through the Bible and we can see that there are things that God hates. It is very, very clear there are things that God hates. Look at verse, let's go back to Proverbs uh, chapter six and look at verse 16. There are six things which the Lord doesn't like. That's not what it says. There are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven which are an abomination to him. The word abomination is probably one of the strongest in the Hebrew Old Testament. It's just even hard to even define what it means. It's just a livid hatred of something, that it's a sickening, disgusting thing. God hates evil. And if we would learn to do the same, if we would learn to hate evil, then it would be good. It would be good. It says of the Messiah that he loved righteousness and he hated evil. And that's the way that we should be. But at times, what do we do? We don't love the righteousness that God commands because it's contrary to our fallen flesh. We don't love it, but we get deceived into liking and loving that which is very, very harmful. And that is why you need to have as a compass, not your feelings, not your emotions, not 
so-called temporal desires that come and go. No, your compass needs to be the word of God. So let's go back now. It says he continuously devises evil. Guess what? He's trapped. What do I mean? It's become a style of life. Maybe just every once in a while he thought about evil things and thought about doing evil things. But when they came up, he didn't despise them. He didn't reject them. He didn't hate them. He didn't mortify them. And gradually they grew. And now evil and devising evil is just a part of him. It's a part of him. Don't go down that road because as we saw in Psalms 36, it's not a good road. Now, he, he, he's constantly plowing the field, manipulating people, constantly even plowing in his own mind. You know, how can I, how can I do this? How can I do this? He's constantly spreading seeds of, uh, of sin through his deception. And he doesn't realize something. He's a, very, he's a great fool. He doesn't realize something. And what is the something he doesn't realize? You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. You know, it says do not be deceived. It doesn't say that often in front of something in the New Testament. Why does it do it? Because men so easily are deceived with regard to this matter. They think, I can do this in secret. God doesn't see I'll never have to stand before the judgment throne of God. God doesn't exist. His throne doesn't exist. Right and wrong doesn't exist. And as long as I don't get caught by the police, I'm fine. Well, God says, do not be deceived. Don't be deceived by that. That's what the world says. It's what the devil says. The devil said to Eve, you will not die. But God says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. And that, that's not only with regard to the way we act, but I want you to think about your heart. Remember, we've been talking about the heart. So I say guard your heart. One of the ways you guard your heart is keeping stuff out of it. You know, your heart in some ways, I hate to use this illustration, but your heart in some ways is like a computer. The computer can only give you the information you give it first. Whatever goes into your heart comes out of your heart. So you need to guard your heart, but also you need to sow into your heart. And how do you sow into your heart? But again, what's the only proper seed? The word of God, the word of God. Sow the word of God in your heart. I mean, study the Bible, read it, put headphones on, listen to it. Make sure that the word of God is in your heart so that. So God says, do not be deceived. I'm not mocked. Whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. Micah chapter two, verse one. Woe to those who scheme iniquity, who work out evil on their beds. He says, woe to them. They're going to reap. What are they going to reap? In Micah, it's the judgment of God. Proverbs 14, 22. They, will they not go astray who devise evil? But kindness and truth will be to those who devise good. Now, I want you to look at this. So we've got one person laying on his bed and all he can think about is how to do evil. And what is he going to reap? Judgment. 
in time, he's going to reap judgment. You had another person, they can't sleep at night because they're trying to think of ways to do good. They're trying to think of ways to bless, think of ways to serve God. Look at the difference. You know, Keith Green, uh, many of you probably haven't even heard of him, but he was a, a songwriter and a singer back when I became a Christian. And uh, in one of his songs, he said, I seem to have a wealth of so many thoughts about myself. That's a terrible prison to be in. Now, Keith Green was a godly man. He was just sensitive. Um, you can't sleep at night. Instead of just thinking about you, try to devise ways in which in the morning you can do good, that you can better serve the Lord, better serve your family, better serve the church, better serve the world. He goes on, he goes, a good man will obtain favor from the Lord, but he will condemn a man who devises evil. You will reap what you sow, and this person here will reap what they sow. All right, well, let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for this day, and I praise you. And I ask you, dear God, to please, please help us. Please help these children that they would just spend time trying to scheme and devise, and think up ways in which they can show their love to you and show their love to others. That they can serve you, their family. Oh God, keep them from evil. Keep them from imitating this wicked man that we see in Proverbs 6 who loses his life who is judged who brings misery to so many people oh Lord that they not be like that that they be like a tree firmly planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season fruit that will be a blessing to others oh dear God please please the children that are listening to this let the grace given to my generation be far surpassed in their generation. In Jesus' name.